Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the A-List podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag and indeed.com. Welcome into the A-List podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas, joined by Gary Washburn. Gary, how you doing? <laughs> really good. Just trying to enjoy what's uh, the beginning of the off-season. It's not a long off-season. It's not really off-season, but trying to enjoy a little bit of downtime after free agency has kind of cooled off. But everything is good. Yeah, I mean, with the NBA being on that B, I can't imagine you actually get an offseason, to be honest. <laughs> Not anymore. You know, let's face it. The Celtics have some moves to make. Mm-hmm. Then there's a schedule release. And maybe in late August, we talk about a little bit of time off or just uh, the NBA takes a break. That makes sense. But you're trying to enjoy the offseason. I am as well. But we actually got a chance to catch up with a new Celtics player who's also enjoying his offseason. Sherrod's going to join us for that conversation. Let's listen to it. Welcoming in to the A-List podcast, we've got the newest member of the Boston Celtics, Danilo Gallinari. How you doing, my friend? Everything good, you? Good, good, good. Uh, apologies for not having him live and direct in front of you, but he is doing what we all should be doing this time of year, enjoying the offseason. I know he's on the road. Uh, and from now, you're in Italy right now, correct? Yeah, correct. And I understand that you, you've got some pretty, pretty big life-changing events coming up very soon. I hear you're getting married. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. In a couple of days. Wow. Yeah, congrats. Wow. We are, um, I'm glad you took time out to talk to us. Um, although I must admit, Danilo, I thought we would be having this conversation sooner because the Celtics, and, and you're probably aware of this, they've had interest in you for quite a while. And I'm just curious, how close have you come in the past to, to becoming a Celtic? I mean, was it ever something that you thought was, was about to happen that maybe just fell apart at the last minute? Now we were close a couple of times uh, since since Brad took over as a head coach uh, years ago. Uh, we've always been in, in touch, and so we were close a couple of times, but finally we were able to uh, make it happen. Well, in your introductory press conference, you actually talked about how your father had this admiration for Larry Bird. How much of your game is modeled up after him, including the trash talking? <laughs> Uh, I think he, he was a better trash talker than me, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I watched a lot of videos of him since I was a little kid. And so, uh, I always tried to uh, do the things that he was doing on the court. And, uh, so he's always been, um, an idol for my dad and also for me. Nello, what's been the key? I mean, 
it seems like a, such a long time ago that you started with the New York Knicks and you were kind of the darling of New York uh, during your first few years. What's been the key to your staying power in the NBA to, to play until your age 33? Because that's not easy. Um, yeah, it's definitely not easy. Um, but, you know, is take care of your body first. Uh, you know, your body is what you use to, to do your job every every day. And so you need to take care of that. And then, of course, when, you know, you're not young for forever. And so you need to evolve your game and study your game and understand where you can be effective, even if you cannot jump around like you used to. And for you, Danilo, uh, and I don't think most people realize this, you've been in the league for a, a, you know more than a decade. And check me, if, correct me if I'm wrong in this, but this was the first time you actually had to pick the team that you would play for because you, you've been involved in trades up to this point when you've switched teams, correct? Uh, I had the chance to pick the team another time when I went, when I went to LA. Um, so this is the, this is the second time. What is it? What was it about Boston that made this the place that you felt you could continue your career at, at this point? I think they have a, a young group a talented young group, but with a lot of experience already. Uh, they've been to the playoff almost every year uh, for the past few years, and especially what they did last year. Uh, and so I think that uh, is a group that they can that can do some damage in the in the future. And so that was uh, uh, the main the main goal for me. Uh, and so I think that you know being part of this, and especially you know the city, the franchise, the history, you know a lot of reasons. From what you've seen, especially from their last playoff run, how do you see yourself fitting into this Celtic squad? Um, I think I, I can help a lot just by doing what I've been doing for all these years. Um, you know, they they did a great job last year, uh, but I think that I can help. And I'm a versatile player, so I can play in any kind of defense, offense, any kind of system. And so coming from the bench, I, I think that I can help them a lot. You know, you know, like you were on that team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago in Atlanta. Last year was supposed to be kind of you're going to build on that and come back and maybe make a finals run. It didn't quite work out. Can you like it seems like you can pass along to your new teammates like, hey, just because you guys made it far doesn't mean you're going to do it the next year. You got to work even harder. What did you take away from last year in comparison to the year before when you guys had that magical season? Uh, I think that, you know, it's like, like you said, it's never, it's never easy to, to do the same thing that you did last the, the year before. Uh, and once you're there, you need to, you know, use the, the chance that you got to, to once you're there and win it and, and win that game and win that series. And, and so you cannot think that, okay, we didn't do it this year. We're going to do it next year for sure. It doesn't work like that in the NBA. Uh, and so you need to, you know, utilize every, every chance that you got. When you uh, were watching the Boston Celtics, like all of us, were just kind of watching their journey last year and getting all the way to the NBA Finals, how much did that journey influence your decision to sign with Boston? Because you had a number of options uh, in addition to the Boston Celtics to choose from. Yeah, um, I mean that 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 helped for sure in the in the choice. Um, but again, when when you think about when you think about the Celtics and you think about the history of the franchise and what they're all about, when when you when you have when you have the chance to be picked by a franchise that is all about 
you know, winning and do the, the things the right way and play the right way, uh, that's, that's already a lot. You mentioned that you are in your home country of Italy, which is known for its amazing food. I don't know if you've heard about the Boston's North End. I don't know if it compares, but what would you say is your favorite Italian dish? No, it's, it's pretty good. The North End uh, is pretty good. That's, that's where I go to dinner every time I go to Boston. So I know the area very well. Okay, vanilla approved. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I approve. But I change. I don't have a favorite spot now because I change the restaurant every time. I try to, you know, to find new spots. But in general, the North End is is pretty good. Do we got to get a dish? segment, Dinner yeah. with Danilo. We got to make that happen when you get Ooh, here. I like that. Dinner with Danilo. We got we to get some gotta get ball with that for sure. Yeah, that would be easy to do. <laughs> Danilo, what was the... Um, I want to ask you two things. What was the team, uh, the, the Olympic experience like last year? Did you get to know any of the guys uh, playing for Team Italy? You were kind of like the, you know, you came off the bench. You were kind of like the gunner for Team Italy. And I got a, ch- a good chance to watch Simone, who obviously just signed with the Utah Jazz, one of your teammates who had been kind of uh, a, a guy. I thought he was one of the best players um, in Tokyo. So what was your experience like for Team Italy? Did you get to know any of the players on Team USA or any of your new teammates during that experience. And can you tell us more about Simone and what kind of player he is? Cause I was, I said, very impressed with him last year in Tokyo. Yeah. I mean, it was a great experience for us. The Olympics is something that you dream of when you are a little kid. And so it was a dream come true for me. It was my first one. Um, I knew the, even if it was a young group of guys, I knew the guys already. Um, and Simone is a, is a great guy and he's a very good player. Uh, he's been doing. Uh, he's been playing great basketball for the past few seasons in the Euroleague, uh, and I'm sure that he's gonna be. Uh, he's gonna be able to do to be himself and to do what he does even in the NBA. Um, I'm very excited for him. Of course, he's a dream come true for him too. Uh, and I'm looking forward to play to play with him again this summer for the European Championship and see what we can do. Do you Good think mention. Well, do you, ahead, do you think your success kind of led to teams being interested in him? He's kind of a, a, maybe a younger version of, of, of that you were because uh, yeah, he's 26. Yeah, he plays, uh, he plays the three and he's the same position that I played for most of my years uh, in, uh, in my pro career. So he's uh, um, and he's uh, yeah, I think he's ready for the NBA. He's, uh, he has an NBA body. I think is you know, he, he can, he can play, uh, on the offensive event and defensive event, also on smaller guys. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm excited for him. Uh, it's not going to be an easy process, but uh, I think, you know, he has the experience in basketball to, uh, to be able to, to do it and, and establish himself. You had just touched on it uh, a second ago about just kind of the, the position that you played for the bulk of your career in the NBA. Uh, and, and and you know this, with the way the NBA has changed, going with more smaller lineups, a lot of folks who maybe played the three are now playing the four and the five. Uh, have the Celtics given you an indication of whether you'll be playing maybe a position up, like maybe playing some center possibly, which I know is something that you really haven't done much of, if at all, in your career up to this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, my position is going to be the four, uh, backup four, but you know, whatever, whenever it needs to be done, I'll do it. Uh, like I said, you know, I'm, uh, you guys know, I, I can play different positions. Of course, I never played the five, uh, but if it's something that it needs to be played, I'll be, I'll play no problem. Whatever needs to be done, uh, I'll be there to do it. 
That being said, did you, when you signed with Boston, did you know any of the players that are currently on the roster? Did you overlap with Al? Ed, uh, I knew Al before we, we spent a couple of summers together traveling with the NBA, so I knew him, uh, but um, not the other player just by playing against them. Have you guys talked to any of them yet? Yeah, yeah, I talked to them, to some of them already. Nice. You know, what's the key to, to maintaining the ability to score in this league? You, you can shoot above smaller defenders. You don't have the athleticism. You don't have the great athleticism, but it seems like you're easily able to get your shot off. What, how have you used your body and used your, it seems like your skill set and your experience to be able to still score at a high level? Um, I think that's when you, you know, you evolve your game and you, of course, uh, can, cannot uh, do that much with your athleticism, but you can use your length and your skills. That's what I've been doing all my career. Now I just, you know, uh, got to do it a little more. What's for you, Danilo, because there was a period in your career where you just had just a really just a rash of bad luck with injuries, but you've been able to get past that and it not become an issue for you going forward. What are some of the things you've done to just maintain your body uh, and, and stay in good health that have allowed you to stay on the floor and be impactful? Um, you know, I think that the, the, especially the summer work and the work that you put in the summer to prepare yourself for the season, I think that's key. And that's something that I'll be really doing and focusing on is, is that uh, because then during the season you have to maintain, you don't have the, you know, the chance to uh, work that much on, you know, on the stuff that you do on your body, but in the summer is key. And so, you know, with the program you do, you do you with your team, your PTs and training coach, that's what I've been doing a lot. Gary kind of touched on this a little bit, but what do you think you bring from a veteran leadership standpoint to this team that is still very young? Uh, I think just, you know, uh, mental toughness and, and experience. Well, what kind of things are you working on this summer? I mean, I know obviously you're always evolving your game, always working on things. What is a summer like this like when you get to a new team? Um, obviously, you're getting married, too, so you got to take a honeymoon and take some time off. But what is it... Um, like that you feel like, okay, this is what I want to work on this summer. Uh, just the, the same things that I'll be working on every summer, especially making sure that my body is going to be ready for, for the next season. And Gary had just touched on it about uh, getting married. And, and uh, you know, before we let you out of here, Danilo, I want to play just a, a quick, I, I got one question about the wedding. Uh, and it's kind of a game-ish uh, question because we like to play games on here. We do. All right. Are you ready? I got a question for you. Ready? Put hot seat. Yes, to be. If if you really care about Danilo Gallinari and his new bride, the one wedding gift you should not give us is Ooh. blank. What would that be? Oh, that's a great question. I have no idea. I think I need my wife's opinion on that one. I, I don't know. That is the correct answer. That is the correct. See, Yo, you already, Gary, I don't, he, he has already figured out the cheat code. He's ready. Defer yeah. to the missus. Yeah. Well, well done, done, Danilo Gallinari. Wow. Well done. Well done. <laughs>
Danilo Gallinari, thank you so much for your time being on the A-List podcast with uh, the newest member of the Boston Celtics. We are looking so forward to seeing more of you as it's getting to the season. And maybe we'll have a dinner with Gallinari, dinner with Danilo, rubbing with Gallinari. We'll see if we can make that happen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a good one. Well, I love that he's excited to join the Celtics and we're excited about one of our newer partners, Indeed.com. As you've heard on this podcast multiple times, they're the perfect place if you're looking to hire someone that can adapt to your business's needs. And Indeed is actually the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. You can find great talent faster through their time-saving tools like Indeed Match, Instant Match, Assessment, and Virtual Interviews. One of the things that we love about Indeed is that it makes hiring the perfect place. It's a one-stop shop for everything that you're going to need for your small business. So if you haven't gotten a chance to use the code and you're looking to hire, make sure that you head to Indeed.com slash A-List. And that's where you'll be able to start hiring right now today with their $75 sponsored job credit. You can upgrade your job post simply by using our code at Indeed.com slash A-List. Need to hire, you need Indeed. Gary, you were at Summer League. We were all at Summer League, and there are a lot of takeaways. There are really a lot of storylines when you look at the Celtics roster, but one of the bigger ones was um, Kamen Jele. He got signed to a two-way contract after the Summer League festivities had ended. What were your some of your takeaways from seeing him play during that time in Vegas? I think he did very well. He was able to hit the boards. He was able to score in the paint, play a little defense, hit an occasional three. I mean, he's a former first-round pick, right? He probably, I think he came out of school after his sophomore year, maybe a you know prematurely wasn't quite ready for the league. Um, he bounced from the Clippers and kind of being in the G League there. Then he went to Cleveland. And obviously Cleveland has like seven big men, so it didn't work out for him in Cleveland. And now he gets a chance in Boston to learn from Al Horford, learn from, you know, Robert Williams to, you know, try to fulfill his potential. And I think he has a lot of talent. I mean, he can, you know, you need somebody who's a hard worker. You need somebody who's going to get in the paint and, and bang around, get some rebounds, make it tough on the opponents. And I think um, Kevin Jelly is one of those guys that, that can do that. You know, now is he a, going to be a reliable third center is he going to you know we'll, we'll see you know is he ready for the NBA at this point at age 25 you know maybe he spends most of the year in Maine maybe they fill the roster spot with another big a veteran big and we can talk about some names DeMarcus Cousins Dwight Howard Montrell Harrell uh you know Willie Cauley-Stein I mean they can there's there's a variety of bigs out there who will take the Celtics, you know, minimum salary and come in. But uh, for me, I thought he did very well. He represented himself well. And that's what you signed for uh, Summer League for, to get a roster spot. He came, he saw, he conquered. Okay. He was the, the best player uh, on the team, um, or maybe comparably, you know, J.D. Davidson we can talk about. But I thought uh, Kevin Jelly was uh, – a solid player, a good pick. When I, when I saw his name, I was like, you know what? He's someone to watch, former first-round pick, so he's got talent. But as in, in his summer league shows, some of these guys just take longer to develop, and mm -hmm. he might be one of those guys. 
And we do, like we've talked about, we take summer league with a grain of salt. The Celtics ended up with a 3-2 record during their play, and they obviously didn't get to go far because they lost that first game. But Kevin, uh, the, he had a pretty good, like, playoff run, as, um, summer league run, as you mentioned, almost averaging a double-double with 14 points and 9.3 rebounds a game. So to your point, there is definitely a lot that he could add to this roster. What do you think... Like, what do you, th- how long do you think it'll take for him to adapt to the NBA style of play though? Because obviously again, summer league is pretty different than. Yeah. He's, he's going to need a training camp, maybe some playing time. Like we'll see what happens in training camp when he gets his reps in training camp. Um, you know, will they send him immediately to Maine once the main season starts? Uh, right. How will they treat him in, in his two-way contract? You know, will they real? do they, Will he win a spot in campus at third big? That could be it. And they could, you know, uh, transfer the first contract to a standard NBA deal. So there's a lot of possibilities here, but I just think it was good for them to bring the kid into camp. Like, okay, let's not let this kid walk away and get signed by some other team. Let's bring him to camp. Let's see what he can do against NBA level competition. Let's see if he can earn that third big. And I'm sure that's what his agent was talking to the Celtics about. Hey, my, my, my guy wants to get that those minutes. And I'm sure the Celtics are telling him and he's telling himself and his agents tell him, hey, your opportunity is now to earn some real NBA minutes. This is what you've wanted since you entered the league. You've mm-hmm. you know, kind of been a guy who's been on the shelf or being in the D League. Well, let's see what you do with your first real opportunity. For the Celtics overall, like moving aside from summer league, what are some moves that you think Brad Stevens might still be working on at this point? If well, any, I mean, he's got to sign a third big. Mm-hmm. There's three spot roster spots left. Okay. They're two way guys. Um, we'll see is Davidson and Kevin mm-hmm. Jelly. So what do they do with Matt Ryan? They've signed Sam Howell to an NBA deal. What do they think of Broderick Thomas? Do they sign him to a standard NBA deal, or do they let him walk somewhere? Um, you know, there's there, there's you know there's things to do. And let's face, okay, free agency is not over. It's just over for most of the great players and the good players. But there's a market out there of players who are looking to sign who are going to have to take the league minimum. And why not for the Celtics a chance to win the championship? We can talk about those. The Marcus Cousins, the White Howard, um, Montrezl Harold, although he's some has some off-field ish, off-court issues. Yeah. And a guy that I like, if he's healthy, they can give some toughness. Markeith Morris is a guy that I like. I know last year he had to, he has he's had some neck issues. He had some neck issues in Washington, and then he had some last year when he got into it with Nikola Jokic. You know, but if he's healthy, you know, he can bring some toughness off the bench. You know, his brother played here and liked Boston. He's a guy that I would look at. You know, some people are kind of pushing the Dwight campaign and pulling, pushing Dwight to be signed. Um, you know, oh. don't think so. <laughs> I think Dwight, at this point in his career, is a team guy. He's He wants to still play. He's lost his skills. He's headed for the Hall of Fame, like it or not, people. He is going to the Hall of Fame. So he's just trying to win, right? And so, and he doesn't really need the money. He's made a lot of money in his career. So he still wants to play. He can still be physical, give you rebounds, a few points in the paint. You know, DeMarcus Cousins, 
that's a guy you have to worry about with a young team. Will he be that team guy? I think he was in Denver in some of his last stops. So there's some, everybody you sign now is going to have some question marks, going to have some like, well, I don't know. So I think you have to, you know, injury history, history of being tough, uh, a tough teammate, injury of having, you know, issues with management. Like you're going to, you're not going to sign the perfect third big now. And I don't know what they do with Luke Cornette. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know why they brought him, brought him back, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know what purpose he really serves. If they don't, they didn't trust him in the playoff. They, like, I don't know why, but, you know, that's interesting. But you got three spots left. You might as well fill them. Mm-hmm. I want to do a quick pause because betonline.ag is one of our other sponsors. And they've been supporting us throughout the few years I've been doing this podcast. And if you haven't at this point signed up for betonline.ag, I'm not sure exactly what you're doing with your time. Of course, basketball season has not gotten into full swing just yet, but of course they're also here for your MLB needs and really any other sport that you're interested in putting money on. They also have your favorite Vegas casino and poker games, live betting, anything you're looking for to put money on betonline.ag is probably going to have you covered on that front. I actually just recently look at the betterline.ag standings and they have the Celtics with the second highest odds to win the NBA finals at this point. And so I know it's early, but hey, you might want to put some money down. <laughs> All you have to do though is use our code CLNS50 and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's super easy to get started. So just head over to their website, betterline.ag, use that promo code CLNS50. BetOnline is where the games start. Gary, before we close out, we like to talk about, you know, what's going around a lot going on around the league. And right now we're not sure exactly where Katie's going. That's still up in the air. But James Harden, I'm not sure if you saw the report. Reportedly, he reached an agreement with the Sixers for a two-year $68 million deal. What do you think is coming out of James Harden this coming season? Because I know there are still a lot of skeptics as to whether or not he's really going to be able to contribute to this roster. And I know he did also say he wants to save them some money in a way so they can build around him, whatever the case may be. But I'm curious about your thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not one to think that Harden is completely washed up. Okay. I think that physically he hasn't been himself. He hasn't been in great shape. I think he was very tentative last year with Philadelphia 76ers. So this is the year. This is the year for a lot of guys. I mean, this is the year for Russell Westbrook. I mean, this is the year for James Harden. You know, this is the year for some of these guys to prove that they can still remain relevant in the NBA. This is the year for John Wall. All these guys who are now 10 plus years in have had some slippage, had some tough times. This is their quote unquote comeback year, right? So I think James has got to prove that he's still got semblances of Houston James Harden. I don't know if that guy is still around. Remember, James Harden is 33. And 33 for a basketball player, yeah, LeBron's 37, still playing at an extremely high level. Kobe played till he was 38. You know, Carl uh, Malone played till he was 30. Like, there's plenty, plenty of you guys play deep into their 30s. But sometimes when you hit 30, your clock starts ticking. Look at guys like Allen Iverson. Look at guys, you know, Tracy McGrady. At 30, sometimes you start declining. Every, not everybody's Steph Curry. So let's see if hardness was truly, as he said, he wasn't as completely healthy, his body wasn't right, 
or is it he in decline? I think that that's, you know, and I'm not really, I'm not going to call um, James Harden courageous or, you know, sacrificing when he turned down a $47 million option, but signed for 68 over two, like he gave up 13 million, like, you know, but added a player option for a second year. So that's not exactly super sacrifice. It didn't take a 50% pay cut. Okay. To come back. He took 13 million off this year, but next year when perhaps if he has a bad year, his market value would be little. He's going to pick up another quick 34 million, even if he has a bad year this year. So very smart move by James Harden. Let's kill this narrative that he really sacrificed. A whole I mean, bunch, bunch if of I could sacrifice and get sixty-eight million for two years, I'd sacrifice. Oh, that's just oh, James. You know, oh. let's let's give you a, a congressional medal of honor for this. Like, let's stop. Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> yeah, let's give him the Nobel Peace Prize. And he's so you know, he's Mother Teresa. He's Gandhi. Like, no, the fact is, is that he negotiated less money. But for a longer term and again, another and a player option for so basically another guaranteed year. Players do that all the time. They take less money for the security. And that's smarter, James Harden. He'll be 35 at the end of that deal. Who knows how he'll be at 35? So I want to see what James Harden has to offer. I'm not one to be like, oh, he's washed. He's terrible yeah. now. He ain't the Houston James Harden. No, he might not be 26-year-old, 28-year-old James Harden. That was, you know, just, you know, serving fools, going to the free throw line, scoring 35 points a game. He might just be 26 point a game, James Harden, as a compliment to Joel Embiid. That's that's how I look at it, but I'm going to give him a chance. As long as he shows up when the Sixers need him, I think they'll be completely satisfied. I want to ask you a question about JD jumping back to summer league really quickly because our producer Ahmed gave me this really fun fact. I love fun facts. So JD Davis, it's not really a fun fact because people probably know this already, but JD Davison, he set that Celtic summer league record for 41 assists and his 8.2 assists per game actually ranked third of all time league wide behind Lonzo ball, which he had 9.3 and Peyton Pritchard, another Celtic who had 8.5. So do you think JD is going to turn out to be the steal of the NBA draft? <laughs> Let's you overreact. Know, it's a possibility. I, you know, I've seen lots of guys over the years. And, and JD was a 53rd pick. Some of those guys from 53rd aren't going to make a roster or they're going to be living in the D League. They'll, they'll play less than 20 NBA games. Or they'll go overseas. JD Davidson is not one of those guys. He is going to play in the NBA for a long time. I like the way his tempo, his pace, he didn't try, he wasn't playing with his hair on fire. He wasn't doing too much. He wasn't trying to show everybody how, how good he was. He was playing within the, the system of the game. Now, you know, there were some turnovers here, but, you know, I saw firsthand the 28-point effort he had against Memphis. Like, he can score, and he, and he had four threes in that game. So, his shot isn't broken. He shot 30% um, at Alabama from the three-point line. So not good, but it's a fixable shot. Remember, Jalen shot 30% during his freshman year, his own lone year at Cal. So obviously the Celtics saw and said, you know what? His shot isn't broken. He's not Ben Simmons here. He can shoot the ball. We just got to give him reps, give him an opportunity to hit that three. 
Then he plays with a good, steady pace. He doesn't go too fast. He doesn't go too slow. So I was thoroughly impressed with J.D. Davidson. I think he was a steal, especially at 53, where everybody thought the Celtics should trade up, maybe trade to the 30s and get some guy. But I thought they got one of the better guys in summer league at the 53rd pick. And that's how you have to draft. Sometimes you got to, you know, you got to take a chance. He's a, he's a one and done, you know, he didn't have a great year at Alabama, but he had a solid year. So I think they looked at him and they saw that potential and they jumped on it. And I think he's so far, he shows the ability to fulfill that potential. Well, we played a game with Gallo earlier. So now I'm going to put you on the spot with a quick round well, a few rounds of factor fiction. And then we'll close out. So, fact or fiction, the Phoenix Suns matching the four-year, $133 million offer sheet for DeAndre Ayton received from the the Pacers was a good move. Fact or fiction? (laughs) I would say fact, and I'm not strong in that, but I just think He's he's a you don't you don't walk let big men like that walk away for nothing. They, they weren't going to get anything for him. Right. Now, how will it work in the future? How's the relationship with Monty Williams? What happened in the playoffs last year? Well, he's a good, strong, big man with a lot of potential, and it's thirty million dollars. And let's be honest, guys, we have seen some extensions recently where guys are making fifty plus million. Steph's going to make fifty million this year. Dane Lillard's making $60 million uh, the first year of his extension. So we've seen the first $60 million player. So DeAndre's like, you know, uh, $34 million is not going to be that much in the coming years. Just like, remember, folks, Jason Tatum makes $37 million in the final year of his contract. He is about to opt out. When James Harden is making $34 and Jason's making $37 and like, Four years, Jason's gonna opt out and be like, Where are my 50 million? The man, where wick, where my 50? So salaries are escalating. We'll see what happens in the new collective bargaining agreement. But you can't let a guy like that, the number one overall pick, walk away. You can't. So I know Phoenix should have handled their business earlier. They have signed, maybe signed him to a a deal of a hundred million over four years. They probably could have saved some money, but they took their chances, they lost, but now they got their the reliable big man back. So true, I think, I, so false, I think it was a, a good signing. I think it was a good decision. Good, I got you, I got you, I mean. All right, fact or fiction, Russell Westbrook will be a LA Laker when training camp starts. This one's fun. <laughs> I'd say true, because nobody gonna take Russ at this point. 47 million, and like uh, his, he you know, part of ways with his agent who said, basically on the record, told every the media his only option is to get traded and likely bought out and then signed by a contending team. Now, if you're a contending team, who's going to want to sign Russell Westbrook for a year as a kind of a rental player? Who's going to want that, you know, kind of energy in their locker room? A guy who feels like he still has it, a guy who's going to want to start. The only teams I know are bad teams or teams that are trying to get to another level, like trying to make the playoffs like no contender Memphis Phoenix you know LA Clippers you know Miami uh, the Celtics Milwaukee is going to sign Russell Westbrook so his path is to get out of LA is getting traded bought out and signing with you know 
the Pistons or or Charlotte or something. Like if you want to do that, Russ, but I I think the chances are he is a Laker because the Lakers don't have a deal on the table unless he gets traded for Kyrie, which I doubt at this point. So if I'm I think Russ is going to be staying home close to his, uh, you know, Lawndale, California roots. That's where he's from. He's from where near where I, I'm from. The next city over, Russ is going to be there for this year. Dang, that means he's probably not going to get a ring. Fact or fiction, Kevin Durant will be reunited with the Golden State Warriors next season. Boy, I'd <laughs> say fiction because here's the thing. Kwani, they can't include Andrew Wiggins in the deal because he signed that rookie extension and teams can't acquire two players like the Nets. Remember the Nets acquired Ben Simmons who signed a rookie extension. You can't, you can cultivate, you can homegrown two players where you could uh, have, let's say the Celtics could get Andrew Wiggins, for example, not that they're going to do it because you have Tatum, but you also have, um, but they cultivated Tatum, right? Tatum's their homegrown guy. They didn't acquire Tatum. Wiggins would be acquired. You can't have two trade acquisitions on rookie max extensions like Wiggins and like uh, Ben Simmons. So if, if you were able to include Wiggins in the deal, I would say maybe you're going to have to throw, you're going to have to trade Draymond, Clay. Oh, yeah. Are the Warriors willing to gut like their, their core, core, right? Yeah. Like, you know, because go to, if I'm Brooklyn, I'm asking for Jordan Poole, James Wiseman, Jonathan Kamiga, Moses, Moody, all them young dudes, but they don't make nothing. Give me the okay? coach too. <laughs> yeah, and the coach. I'd ask for both, those four young guys. So you, you need to, to pass some salary. So it's going to be Clay or Draymond. Mm-hmm. So are you willing to give up? a core, one of your big kind of Mount Rushmore players, Clay or Draymond in that deal, that's a tough one for the Warriors to just say, okay, we're going to get Durant back, but it's going to take someone who is going to have his jersey retired in Golden State when his career's over. Yeah, that got me actually thinking we should do coach swaps throughout the season as well. Steve Kerr in Brooklyn, like, could he make it work? (laughs) Could he fix Kyrie and Katie? (laughs) Uh, I don't think anybody can fix Kyrie. Factor fiction. <laughs> All right, our final fiction. actual factor fiction, though. Should the Portland Trailblazers hang up their summer league banner, their championship banner? I mean, they got a ring, so like. <laughs> yeah, fiction, fiction. It's <laughs> no. nice though. It's nice that the but I mean, there wasn't even no tournament like this summer league champion. Like, like the one Sacramento one last year when you want to, you actually won some playoff games. You want to quarterfinal like you won three or four games like you just finished like they finished three and one but they were the best three and one team I didn't next, just, yeah. like I didn't this format was kind of confusing is it margin of victory because the Celtics were three and one the Celtics had apparently had no chance even though they had that basically had blown out Golden State and Memphis and in, two, in addition to win the buzzer beater against Milwaukee so I didn't know how that went but no, this is not, I'm not feeling the summer league ring thing. I'm not feeling like it's great accomplishment for guys to come together, but it's a five game schedule. You're not playing in some tournament. Like if they had played in the previous summer leagues, they played three games, then they got into a tournament. So I think the winning team 
and the, the two finalists play like eight games. To me, that would be more of a championship when you go through a tournament style as opposed to just like, okay, you two play for the finals. And yeah. then winner gets a ring. And the loser gets nothing. What are we doing? Yeah. It's giving like nothing. Yeah. Nah. A nice, like, a nice uh, participation trophy. Exactly. You get a trophy. Everyone gets a trophy. It, yeah, if they hang that banner, it's like the 2014 AFC finalists when switching sports, the Colts, when they decided to hang that banner up. But yeah. not acceptable. We don't do participation. Also, it's just summer league. <laughs> so it's summer league. Right. <laughs> Well, that's a wrap on this week's podcast for Gary Washburn and H. Rod and Gallo. I'm Kwani Lunas. This is the A-List Podcast. We'll be back next week. 